and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today I am, I'm a humid, humid hurricane season boy. Um, <laughs> Wait, this is your fault? Yeah, I, you know, I was experimenting with weather. <laughs> How could you? Stupid. Did you never watch the PSAs? <laughs> so you're the one who got the Chinese weather control satellite. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be, well, okay, fine, oh, but never. Geostorm. <laughs> geostorm. And uh, so, yeah, we have a hurricane off the coast of Baja, California, which Michael tells me has been downgraded to a hurricane. So I can't even Downgraded get- to a tropical storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. I yeah. can't even get that right. Those things. <laughs> Trevor, who are you? I'm Trevor Kiesa. I'm a super <laughs> chub. Today I'm a, I don't know, a cozy, rainy boy. Ooh, yeah. And also I, I drank <laughs> a lot of uh, my THC tincture last night, so I like slept like the dead. <laughs> <laughs> woke up like the dead. <laughs> yeah, woke up like the dead, but I'm here and I'm... I'm Basically, back to like yeah. normal. Better than dead. Sleepy. This is the morning where almost all of us overslept, and it is definitely morning of the living dead around. The Not for Michael. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a chaser, <laughs> and I didn't oversleep today. <laughs> I feel great. This is a very unusual space to be in, but I mean, I don't know. I get to play soccer in the rain last night. How rare is that? Because California? it's the humidity. It's like we've like playing soccer in warm, wet wool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it got cooler. It's been 100 degrees every day, except for last night. It was 72. It reached 112 in some areas around here. Ooh. 112 Up near you. Michael. Look, yeah. I, look, oh, I, I felt I, it. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a, I, I am once again, a very lumpy headed lump head boy. I, oh, I, no. I, I keep staring in the, I, I, for those of you, I haven't told, I, I was in a car accident a couple weeks back and I have a lump on my head and I keep waking up every morning, looking in the mirror, thinking today's the day it's gone. <laughs> and no. And today I woke up and it's bigger. It's just, <laughs> Getting bigger to spite me. Maybe it's well, that, maybe if it it's makes that. you feel any better, which this probably won't. I uh, got kicked in the shins when I was playing soccer the one time I forgot to wear my shin guards, and that lump lasted for like three months. I hate you. <laughs> you know, Why would you tell me that? Don, Don, don't think of it so much as a bump that won't go away, as an antenna that's trying to emerge. Oh, <laughs> yes, you can be Bender from Futurama. I was going to say, I think if it keeps getting bigger, that's just the... The freshly healed Don growing out of your head, <laughs> and you're just going to get to burst out of it at a certain oh, point. Dear. It's going to start talking to me. Oh, Cocoon dear. style. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So this thing that we do every Saturday. Welcome to the what podcast. <laughs> um, Where are we here? Now with we, 25% more lumps. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Patreon. Uh, Patreon corner. It's a thing. We oh, yeah. have, I think, the, uh, the last cutting room floor... <laughs> Is just, I don't know, because it's me talking about the mall for a large portion of it. And I just was tickled listening to that. And you are fun. rarely tickled listening to the sound of your own voice. Yeah, I normally, ah. gentle listener. <laughs> he hates it. I, I don't really like listening to the podcast because <laughs> I don't hear like hear, hearing the sound of my own voice. And I just kind of get in my head about it. Because it's my voice in my head and then my inner voice critiquing that voice. <laughs> There's um, a lot of head voices. There's so many voices. Like when you listen to your voice, it doesn't sound the same as the voice you hear when you talk. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, so he's like, who's that guy who's fucking up? For anybody who doesn't know, The Cutting Room Floor is a special segment that we release only to our Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically things that get cut out of the show that are still kind of fun or interesting, but don't necessarily make for a good episode. It, so, it is very much the big, big fat gay podcast uncensored. Um, <laughs> and unedited, I will say. I, yeah. To save myself the, the hassle, I do not edit those at all. So gaps, pauses, <laughs> ums, ahs, all that good stuff. Is that you get something the raw. we really want to be including on the pitch? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, because some people genuinely are like, no, I want the real thing. So there you go. That's the real thing. Yeah. yeah if you want to hear us stutter. No, it would drive me crazy if I have to edit, if I had to edit those two. No, no, you have to, if you had to it. edit the stuff you don't edit. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's insane. That's psychotic. <laughs> um, so we also are, are planning a couple cool um, Patreon mini-sodes. Uh, Trevor and I are going to do one about sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don, Trevor, and I are going to do one about role-playing games sort of cross-body type. So playing mm-hmm. a role-playing character that's not your own body type, um, which I'm excited about because mm-hmm. one of my first characters ever was a fat man. So anyway, we got lots of fun stuff uh, planned for Patreon. Please support us there. Uh, we use the money purely to pay our editors, whether it's me or somebody else helping to edit the show. And now on to the show. Show! Let's Yay! do it. Show. We have a show this week. <sighs> it's pop culture, baby. It's, yeah. Uh, it's not as, it's, uh, I feel like, pretty neutral yeah, this week. It's this, is, this is good, you know, mostly good, good stuff. 
Um, once again, hitting it out of the park is Teen Vogue. I love Teen Vogue um, so much. <laughs> so anyway, um, an article uh, in Teen Vogue by Brittany McNamara um, is, is super cool because it focuses on uh, largely on an influencer named Alana Manning who is sort of responding to a TikTok trend uh, which is basically what I eat in a day. Mm. Um, and a lot of it, you know, the original version of the trend is like, you know, thin, uh, often models saying like, here's what I eat, but here's what I don't eat. Or like, here's mm -hmm. how I eat when I choose to eat. Or like, you know, basically praising health culture. This is my lunch, a single ice cube with a sprig of rosemary frozen inside. You fat whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bird, my splurge day. <laughs> but anyway, plus size influencers and just people on uh, Instagram and TikTok are sort of reclaiming that mm -hmm. and, and saying like, here's what I eat in a day. And it's just normal food. It's just... <gasps> It, and like, and yeah. you know, the article goes into a lot of detail, but basically it's like, we deserve to eat three meals a day. Like that's not too much to ask. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they were talking about like being accused of lying when they show what they eat oh, yeah. normally. That's not what you normally eat. That's not it. I, well, it's interesting. Cause like, I remember that happened to me when I went to a nutritionist and like, mm -hmm. I was supposed to journal what I ate and she's like, well, clearly you're omitting mm. like oh, snacks yeah. or oh, you must be you lying. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it just I, can't I was win. annoyed hearing these poor people literally filming what they're eating and still being accused of lying. But the flip side is that she's getting in this particular case, she's getting a lot of responses from people basically writing her saying, I mean, something this is heartbreaking. Somebody wrote her, I think more than one person said, like, thank you so much for posting this. It reminded me to eat today. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Like, and can you imagine the degree of of um, detachment, not detachment, but like just the relationship you must have to have with food and your own body that you are forgetting to eat or like, or that, feel like you can't eat. Yeah. There are, you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people who forget to eat. They just get busy. I'm not surprised. I'm just saying it's tragic. Mm. Like that's, that's really, really sad. I, I can be like that when I'm working on something that I'm yeah. really enthusiastic yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. And it'll be like, Oh, I need to eat. So like, you know, I'll have breakfast at like one o'clock and I'm like, okay, that I'll have some gummy bears. <laughs> I just Baby. need to, I need sugar <laughs> to keep going and then I can have a real meal and your friends. <laughs> anyway, this is super cool. Um, and it's, it's to the degree that apparently if you search the hashtag, a uh, hashtag, what I eat in a day. Yeah. Um, if you look up that hashtag, um, you, you get a mixture of both, you know, the typical like thin Instagram models, TikTok models, and the plus size influencers are sort of reclaiming it and saying, actually, no, this can be, this can be anything. And we don't need to shame people for eating normal food. And it's not, it's, you know, it's like, oh, I had sushi, but I also had Zaxby's chicken and like whatever, what, literally whatever it is that you have, it's just food. It's mm -hmm. just food and we can all eat food and appreciate food and yeah. No, Michael, that's not allowed. I have very strong opinions about <laughs> people I've only met through an app do in their life, and they should listen to me about it. More importantly, they should obey me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so that, I don't know. It's good stuff. I think that's a purely good thing. Even though she got some flack, she's like, yeah, I just blocked this people. Yeah, like, you yeah know, of course. Yeah. It's all you really need to do. I mean, if you choose to engage, you can, but I wouldn't certainly wouldn't expect it of somebody. I feel like, like that's a people. skill set that younger people have that I haven't developed yet. Like I don't have that sort of thick skin yet. When I get attacked online, it still stings. Okay, but hold on. Yeah. But think about it this way. I was freed when I thought about this. Someone who hates you, hates you so much that they're forced to spend time and put time and energy <laughs> into thinking about you mm -hmm. and feeling about like, there's so much, like they're basically your fan yeah, <laughs> they engage with you in a way. What's the difference between fan and hater? Thing? If yeah. not, you know, it's the, the same hate. amount of energy. Well, no, but it's like it's the just, same amount of effort and energy. And it's like, oh my yeah. god, you're basically because like you're doing what a fan would do. Except it's, it's I mean, it's a negative. They're obsessed but it's with like, me. No, we, yeah, but, and it's driving them crazy. I love yeah. So the difference between a fan and a hater is word choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of, and it's just but like. A fan is energized by that positively. I love that. And it's That's like, it, they're causing more harm to themselves, putting this time into like, I'm just so mad. I have to, I don't know. I just, I think my very low level, just like, oh my God, they're obsessed with me. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, it, it's amusing. Uh, I don't know. To me, just think of when I had that realization, I was like, oh my God, they just, they're basically fans in a, a bizarre way. 
<laughs> well, what else would a person be a fan of? Theater and theater productions. Oh, man. Yes. This is nice. a segue. <laughs> well, that was smooth. I can do things, too. No, this 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 article spoke to me because I've spent so many years in life theater. Well, this cracked me up, too, because like yeah. I had suggested this as a mini-sode for you and I, Dan. Yeah. Because both of us have made these observations in the past. Absolutely. I mean, you yeah, know? my concern at the time was like, who goes to live theater these days in yeah. L.A.? But so, so we have an art. Oh, go. We should set up what we're talking about yeah. before we start <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Um, from Onstage Blog, uh, the title of the article is We Need to Talk About Fat Men in Theater. Um, this was by, by uh, Tom, Tom Harold, Harold. Or Tom Healed. 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 Hell. Dyslexia. Healed. <laughs> um, and it's it's what it sounds like. So you, take it away. You guys were talking mm-hmm. about fat men in theater and yeah, he needing did, to see more. He does a really, he does a deep dive into fat men in theater. And he's, you know, he, he stakes out the territory immediately by saying, look, I know that you know, trans people in theater and, you know, uh, plus size women in theater. Like there's a lot of people who should be on stage and aren't be on stage. But he says the difference is people are talking about that. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about fat men in theater. And so he is. And so that's what this article is. And it, he, he kind of lays down some rules for like, you know, in some cases you, yes, the role calls for the Adonis like body because that's what the character is representing. Like Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show. Like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, one of the things the article goes into is that there are still like acceptable roles for fat men to be cast into. Mm-hmm. Um, usually like a sort of a best, uh, the reluctant lead role or, or the unexpected lead role. Unexpected lead. Yeah, and, um, no, and everyone's sort of always doubting them along the way. Yep. And the acceptable fat Sidekick. Imagine any stage role played by Josh Gad, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and often those are because like in, you know, in, in the, uh, what do you call it? Mormon book of Mormon. Book, yeah. yeah. Right. Like Josh Gad was the first person to play the sidekick role and he did such a kick ass job that even though the role doesn't need to be fat, it's sort of been given to fat actors ever since then. Traditionally, you know, you could say the same thing about Tevya in, um, Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it doesn't need to be a fat role, but because that first person was so good in the role, it, it becomes a legacy fat role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I don't know. Now, now I'm thinking about like Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I want a uh, fat Frankenfurter. <laughs> <laughs> you could do Frank Fer- Frankenfurter. I'm specifically just imagining, like, for some reason, David Harbour as Frankenfurter. Oh, oh, he could kill it. That He'd would be great be for that. Wild. That would be insane. You're welcome, Broadway. <laughs> I, will, I will take my payment in the form of being able to fit in whatever theater seats the theater is. In, is. Well, that takes us clumsily with no segue whatsoever. Oh, I into- guess it does. I wasn't even trying to do that. <laughs> Scooty, hear my cry. <laughs> It's Fat Watch. Have you named the Eagle Scooty? <laughs> well, no, there's Scooty from, this, from Bigger Vegas. Yeah, yeah it's my the Bigger Vegas scooter. It makes that sound flying as it flies. through the air. Oh, yeah. I see. The scooter makes the sound of an eagle's cry. To save yes. all of us from walking anti fat hate. Yes. <laughs> so I found out about this from uh, Jay Bay, who uh, we talked about in our Bigger Vegas Live episode, who I think a lot of you are following now uh, because she's partnered with. A new app called Friendly Like Me, mm-hmm. which is um, awesome, awesome, and uh, filling a void left by Algo. Which oh yeah, Algo was an app that, that was trying that. to launch a while ago, and it was going to be like Yelp for how fat friendly and accessible the place is. And Friendly Like Me is the same thing, um, focusing on how accessible it is to fat people, people who use mobility aids. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you can kind of like when you create your profile, talk about what your needs are. Mm-hmm. And then when you review a place, you kind of rate the different aspects of it. I think this is awesome because I mean, it, th- if you go to their website, you can see like right off the bat, they're identifying the key problem, which is that if you want to go to a place, you oftentimes have no real way of figuring out if that place is going to be accommodating or decent to go to i'm i'm thinking specifically of restaurants but this applies across the well i was gonna say the first thing i do if we make a reservation at a new restaurant on open table is i try to look at the photos of the seating yep i go to google every time and see like okay if i haven't been there before what are their chairs like sometimes they change so like a lot of times the photos are old Mm -hmm. so even if that's the case like you might like and so the great thing about this app because i downloaded it and checked it out it looks very clean and modern um and you get, you can opt into notifications if a restaurant or place location decides to change their accommodations hmm. in response to the app. Oh, 
Um, I love that. Oh, that's yeah. smart. Yeah. So, so that's, that's very smart. So they're not forever branded. Yeah. They have, they have, um, they have incentive to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an opt-in thing. And of course it's all user driven. So it, it requires you to kind of participate and leave reviews and then maybe report back. But I'm all for it. Honestly, like I would love to help create a space like that. That's why I downloaded it. Cause I, I already in my head make reviews for myself when I go to a place, (laughs) like I have to try and keep a mental checklist of, okay, that place was okay. This place had too many stairs, whatever, whatever. Um, Whether or not it's me and another fat person going there or just me. Um, I actually downloaded the app this morning, but I couldn't get it to. Remind us what the name of the app is. Friendly Friendly like like me. me. Friendly like me. Okay. I love this because I think it's so great to be able to, like as a fat person, be like, hey, hey now, hey. <laughs> this this works, this doesn't work, uh, especially just because like there's a lot of places where so many aspects of it are good, mm. and then other aspects are not. Usually, it's like, oh, aspects of of a restaurant, the right? restaurant, like the the seating could be good, right? The, you know, it could have have good seats, good chairs, spacious, but then it could have a very claustrophobic bathroom or something, right? And that and. I like that you can leave a review and basically check off yes. which things it does or doesn't have. And then because some of those things might work for other people, like for instance, you know, you might not be sitting in a booth yourself, even if it has a movable table, but other people, you know, if they can move the table at the booth, they might be able to. Yeah. Um, and so it's really great to have those, that available. I think, I, well, I just love the, I love the, the granular, granular nature of booth, booth with movable chair, booth without mm-hmm. or movable table. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. I So I think this is a fantastic, not just because it is what it is, but it also, like, a lot of what we've talked about is a lack of empowerment, like mm. a lack of the ability to actually do something, say something, fight back, whatever, in a meaningful way. This puts the power in your hands. Like, this is built by the people for the people, and all you have to do is participate and help build it. And, like, that is that is liberating unto itself. Like, if you help create spaces where people have information you are part of the part of the solution. Like I think the best thing about crowdsourcing is because like as a fat person, trying to speak to all the different needs of other fat people can be difficult because I had an experience recently where I went with some fat friends to dinner and they're like, oh, the place is really great. It's really uh, you know, spacious seating. Mm. And it was sort of because yeah. we were they had um big booths and you could move the table, but I was not in the booth because we were a large group and they only had those little awful metal chairs. Oh, um, I hate those things. Um, yeah. And just, ah, I, it sucked. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was like accessible in some ways, but not others. And to some people, but not others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more people that uh, are able to take part in Friendly Like Me, the more we can really just make things Super cool. And I think if you see someone who has like similar needs to you, I think you might be able to click their profile and then see the reviews Mm -hmm. and see places that align with your needs. Yeah. And I'll sort of put the caveat out there that I think this is still very grassroots. Yeah. Um, So I wouldn't go on expecting a lot of like, I wouldn't go on expecting a lot of recommendations up front. I would go Mm -hmm. on with the, with the intention of posting your own reviews. Yeah. Yes. And then that will help build the You'll be getting it on the ground floor, helping build the community from scratch. Yeah, exactly. All right. It's a good thing. So I think it's time on with our no segue episode. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) So people were asking if we were going to talk about the whale. Yeah. Which not yet. Uh, the, The answer is not yet listener. Not until we have something to talk about. In uh, Aubrey Gordon uh, had a little kind of Twitter thread talking about the whale and fat people's reaction to um, how the whale is being received after Venice Mm -hmm. that I think really kind of encapsulates a lot of my feelings. And I think it's supposed to come out maybe this December. So like we'll talk about it when we have a trailer. Maybe we'll see it, but probably not. I would also say that what I like about the Aubrey Gordon piece is that she explains how can you hate this movie if you haven't even seen it? And she does a brilliant job of explaining exactly how you can hate something and not see it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about no. today. In the discussion of all of this, uh, C- Caleb Luna, Dr. Caleb Luna, mm. we, we talked about their book of poetry as a tip um, a while back, uh, was saying, I don't want to talk about someone in a fat suit in a movie I don't want to see. I want to highlight actors and shows with positive fat portrayals. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to, you know, spotlight people who 
are doing great work, whose work makes me happy. And I was like, oh, that sounds much more fun yeah. <laughs> than, than a trip to hell. For, than a trip yeah. to hell. This is the big fat gay book report. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we all kind of picked a fat hero to talk about and why they are a fat hero and like not necessarily actor. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe. Well, the, and when we started talking about this, the first person that came to mind for me was Winston Churchill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Winston Churchill is, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know who he is, he was the prime minister of England during the uh, during World War Two. Um, he did not actually his his term as prime minister did not make it all the way to the end of World War Two, but his efforts and his um, his military acumen and his uh, political acumen and all that stuff really did change the world that we live in today. And he was fat and he was fat. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, you know, when they make movies about his life, like they'll stick uh Gary Oldman in a fat suit mm-hmm. or but, John or John Lithgow in a fat suit or John mm-hmm. Lithgow in a fat in a, suit yeah. in, in lots of things <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> it's a crowded fat suit. But like, I feel like he's an example of one of these people that like his accomplishments were so powerful that I feel like mainstream society sort of takes away his fatness. They sort of see they him as just being sort of, it. yeah, it's, it's just an extra detail that doesn't get mentioned. Well, it's, it's funny because you know? it's like, I, they gloss over it, but it also becomes this like, mythical aspect of him where it's like he wasn't fat he was larger than his yes. own being larger than yes. life he yeah. is like well he and was 50 stories <laughs> tall yeah. well and i think of the contrast between that and a woman who is fat and who has great accomplishments i don't think she ever gets to ditch the mantle of fat woman look at oprah mm-hmm. I, I don't think her identity is separate can be separated from her fatness even though her body has been all over the spectrum. Yeah, and you, you could know. make the argument that, well, she talked about that as a public figure, her fatness, but I think she had to because she was a woman. Well, and she was yeah. being <laughs> talked about. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's part of the of being in the public. But, well, and being a woman, yeah. the weight, your weight is under scrutiny. And Yeah. yeah. Um, so Winston Churchill, uh, was there, uh, in, your, in your research, I'm curious, because I, I watched the, the biopic with, with Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. and it was... This was before our podcast, but it was still at the time, it was just like a giant sigh of like, and everybody's going to be talking about like how great the makeup was and the fat suit and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Was, but was there anything about Winston that maybe we wouldn't have seen or heard about that you thought was particularly interesting? Well, I mean, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting is that not only is he, you know, an un, un, undeniably fat man uh, when he was the prime minister, but he was also not ashamed of his body to the point where he was a nudist who hung out and had uh, hmm. political and war planning sessions from his bathtub. <laughs> I think um, that that's in the Queen, right? It's I in think many movies. It's a huge aspect of how he worked. Yeah. Um, hmm. Apparently, like his staff just took it for granted when a crisis hit, he was going to be naked in the tub thinking about it yeah, that's where i hide and all of them <laughs> had to be used to dealing with a large fat naked man in a bathtub if they were going to work in the private residence man what a job to have <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i hear there's a crisis, oh, Winston. <laughs> crisis i heard that bums were being dropped <laughs> let's go to the bathroom you know, I don't so, know. I, th- I don't know if that was necessarily relieved by some of the young women in his employ <laughs> oh dear yeah, nope. yeah, yeah that way, that's, fair. But, uh, that's fair you know chasers I don't know, time <laughs> travel, I guess. Go, yep. uh, go beyond. That's a fanfic for sure. That's a big you fat know? gay fanfic, only on Patreon. <laughs> you know, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the fact that, you know, he was so unabashedly who he was and yeah. unashamed of it and, you know, both body and brain. Like, I, I, I admire the man. Nice. You know? Nice. I think maybe I won't go next because I feel <gasps> like it's the same continent and I feel like a similar kind of vibe in terms of like, unapologetic i was uh thinking of don french oh, uh, oh the yeah dibley who longtime uh fat comedian whose weight has fluctuated over the years and has always kind of been in the spotlight for that yeah and mm. been she's been very public about like not really wanting to lose weight about being very comfortable with about her about uh, being very comfortable in her body mm. liking her body don french wow um yeah. And like, I found this, I was like looking at like, okay, like what, 
Because, I mean, it's, she's British, so, like, the UK tabloids are vicious. Are yeah. vicious. Yeah. And there was this thing from LA Times. Night, the year is 1994. <laughs> a little show, a show called Friends is hitting American televisions. Although I think that might be later. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, this, 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 okay, so the article title is Fashionably Fat. Breton stumps for pl- the plump. Trends. What? Don French's biggest beautiful message seems to be catching on. Is this the sun? No, LA Times. LA Times? Magazines what? and light night television have begun featuring voluptuous women in sexy poses. But not everyone is convinced. (laughs) It's a sad day when I confuse the LA Times with the sun. Yeah. (laughs) London. Forget the wispy waif, the sylph-like child woman, the bones of the bag of bones on the catwalk. Stop it! (laughs) Oh my god. Fear of fat is no longer fashionable in Britain. Home of Twiggy in the oh, 60s. Oh, wow. They really and, thought they were claiming this. <laughs> yeah. And the Waif Kate Middleton in the 90s. <laughs> oh, uh, And it kind of goes on. So um, naive. And, I mean, French, I think, is like... So French says in the article, Big women are sexier than the thin ones. Uh, we pump more estrogen, have higher sex drives, and fantasize more. Being big is a sign of fertility, of v- voluptuous sensuality, a love of life. Hmm. Which that, I mean, that article is kind of all over the place. It That's, is. That sounds like a wild read. <laughs> it almost sounds like kind of like a like fat admirer AI. Are you sure that was LA Times and not the LA Times or something? I, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, LA. It's LA Times. It's, it's, you know, it says so much about Los Angeles in the nineties, doesn't it? Um, it's just yeah, like it's how hyper conscious body was. You know? Yeah. But I mean, this scrutiny is. Throughout her career, throughout her, you know, ups and downs of weight loss, she ta- and she talks about the only time really kind of having, like, really felt like she needed to lose weight was before her wedding, and then her husband hmm. being like, you know, who are you doing this for? Hmm. And her realizing that, like, oh, like, my husband likes me at any size and, like, actually thinks, you know, fat is hot. Mm-hmm. And I just love her work. Like, I mean, Vicar of Dibley is one of my favorite. It's such a good all-time show. shows. I think you and uh, Michael, you and Michael should watch it. I've I've seen a little tiny bit of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. And um, for those of you who have not seen Murder on the Nile, yes. uh, Don French is yes. back with her old uh, comedy partner, uh, 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 what's Jen- her name? Jennifer Jennifer Saunders. Yes. Saunders yeah. And mm. the two of them. I mean, it's a very small role, and it's kind of a it's kind of a straight person role. I mean, comedically speaking, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, the two of them are lovely together. Oh, of mm-hmm. course they are. Lovely together. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, check them out on French and Saunders. But what I love about the Vicar of Dibley is there is so much kind of like 30 Rock food humor hmm. where it's just like her character loves food and it is like ridiculous jokes about like, oh my God, she has so much chocolate, but it's like. Not because she's fat. It's just like her, because of her character, like just loving food and it's larger than life. And it's like the type of like where now, like I feel like people wouldn't write that, but they'd be like, oh, well, if it's a thin girl, we can write this kind of joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing because in the chocolate, because it's she's all about chocolate as an emotional crutch. Yes. But it's, but if you, if the, if the character were portrayed by a thin actor, you wouldn't change anything and it would yeah. just be a thin character who obsesses about chocolate yeah, for emotional that's sort reasons. Of our, yeah. our and it's not test. a constant through line. It's, it's yeah, just it's a just something that feature. comes up, but it's a yeah. fun, yeah, they like there's a, a point where she gets a like full size, like grocery store refrigerator freezer for her ice cream. <laughs> and she just kind of goes and she's like thinking and then she gets her ice cream and then she like whispers and she's like, love you. <laughs> Um, and it's just so, I just lovely. And there's so much physical humor. I love, love, love it. And I love that, especially in recent years, Don's weight, uh, Don French's weight has fluctuated and she's been open about being like, yeah, I had health issues. And the doctor said, if I lost weight, they'd be able to do, you know, whatever surgery I'd easier. I'd live forever. Um, <laughs> and you know, people were praising her. Uh. For, you know, oh, finally losing that weight after, you know, <sighs> oh, being, a, you know, the, the totem promoting obesity. <laughs> um, there's a very ridiculous article that I'll share of, you know, <laughs> a British dietitian. So just let that sink in. And like <laughs> very, she's such a like, I don't know, waspy, like, up, like 
ter- like she just sounds terrible from her name because it's like super British. And it's like, oh man, this is not going to be a good Terra time. Mundia High Market Smith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the show. <laughs> um, but, and like, you know, talking about. Uh, Can you spell that? <laughs> spell it a lot (laughs) she talks about you know like kind of this was uh 2020 it's like pandemic time pandemic times you know gaining weight back and being like i'm fine i'm happy you know and also when being pressed about her weight loss talking about missing being fat for swimming Mm. oh because (laughs) she's like it's harder to swim and i can't swim in the cold anymore yeah oh that's funny uh, she talks about like you know having the weight almost being like this built-in wetsuit love it yeah and just that it's being that she's so open about it and under such scrutiny and just kind of rolls with the punches um, for, and continues to do oh, so. For 30 years. Yeah. She's been dealing with it. I mean, I mean if, you're, if you're a British fat woman, I mean, oh my gosh. Respect. And just so lovely. <laughs> just so lovely. So lovely. So funny. Great lady. She's liked some of my tweets. Oh, really? Yeah. That. Trevor. <laughs> And she's a fan yeah. <laughs> and i married to trevor so she liked my husband's tweets that's right <laughs> and i think actually so she's liked my tweets and i think uh two of four of the sex in the city cast have liked tweets of mine oh really yes trevor you didn't tell us you were so famous i know i'm they like my tweets. <laughs> so modest uh, <laughs> but yeah love don french uh michael it's michael wheeler will you please right. come give your book report to the class yes ma'am <laughs> Um, so I, I was, I, I had to try and figure out who I was going to talk about because I, my ability to sit down and just think of a person is, is zero. But, um, the first one I went to is of course I'm a filmmaker. So it's like, oh, well, Hitchcock, and I like a lot of Hitchcock movies, but he's not really a hero of mine. I, I respect his work. He didn't really inspire me that much. Um, but Dan actually off the cuff suggested Orson Welles and that struck a note for sure. Cause you know, as a young filmmaker uh, watching Citizen Kane and then going to see a SAG series, a screening series of a lot, a lot of Orson Welles movies, including ones that most people haven't seen. There's a there's a lot of old, old movies that either were unfinished or that he did that went nowhere because after he made uh, Citizen Kane at 26 years old, yeah, uh, which is, you know, it's widely considered to be the greatest movie of all time. And he could not work in Hollywood after that. I mean, we, we respect the movie now, but at the time he was eviscerated and of course making fun of William Randolph Hearst. Well, because he made fun of yeah. the, the king host. of media at the yeah. time. It yeah. would be like, well, anyway, so he struggled a lot in his career and, um, you know, continued to make movies and continued to be influential um, despite it all. And by the end of his career, when Citizen Kane was being recognized and a lot of his other work as well, all people really wanted to talk about was how fat he was. Yeah. And I, I found some very interesting resources about this because for me, like talking about his accomplishments first, um, Citizen Kane is obviously a masterpiece, but for, for a, a young filmmaker to watch something like that and go, Oh my God, he was 26. <laughs> um, it's intimidating. Yeah. Like tick, if you tick, tick, Michael, mm-hmm. <laughs> holy shit. Like, you know, you, you really, and then you, you just have to accept how much of a goddamn genius he was. Um, as he got older, he got fatter and apparently he fluctuated weight basically throughout his entire childhood and growing up and, you know, when he was, there's so many fun anecdotes. Like when he was doing Citizen Kane, he was 26, he was tall, he was lean. And he, they had to put on uh, basically a fat suit and fat makeup for when he plays older. Mm. You know, so he plays over the course of, I think, 50 years at, at a 26-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. kid, basically. And so when he's playing older um, Kane, he's, he's wearing a fat suit. And he liked going to lunch wearing the fat suit and basically making jokes about how much he was eating. And he, he was very vocal about that. Mm. And then as he got older, critics couldn't like, there, there's so many quotes I kind of want to read. Um, so uh, Barbara Leeming was apparently a friend of Orson Welles, but also has done a lot of very widely accepted biographies, including an official biography about Orson Welles. And I kind of just want to read this page. She has a chapter about his weight and how he felt about his own weight, but how other people talked about it. And this is so relatable because this came out in 85, but of course, you know, Orson Welles was born in the early uh, 20th century. Uh, Orson, his weight, this is the inescapable issue. People want to talk about it far more than they do about who wrote Citizen Kane or why Orson Welles could not work in Hollywood or what happened to The Other Side of the Wind, a movie that he made. 
How did you get so fucking fat? Commercial director Harry Hamburg once asked, to which Orson glibly replied that having created works of art when he was a young man, he'd finally decided to make himself into a work of art. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> yes. Which is, I mean, but he's so uh, witty and pithy and amazing. But the thing is, you well, know, and, and that sort of like take no shit. No, nor mm -hmm. prisoners. I love that attitude. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's great. I mean, but the thing is, and later in the biography, just a few pages later, she talks about having had a conversation with him at lunch where he really was bothered by this. I mean, mm -hmm. how can you not be? Yeah. Um, you know, going, working on set one time and uh, I think a fellow actor, maybe the director was, you know, oh, it was, um, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Basically, he made a joke. Orson did. And then, you know, it was just a, you know, friendly hi, hello kind of like, oh, you came from so-and-so was in Florida. And then the guy just immediately came back with a fat joke. Yeah. Just kind of off the cuff out of nowhere. And Orson was like that, you know, I played it off in the moment, but that hurt. Like mm -hmm. that was unnecessary. It was, and it's so, um, and, and in writing this, Barbara said that Orson was the one who sort of came up with the term fat joke in his own circle, at least mm -hmm. like that wasn't a thing he would just call, all of these jokes about his white fat jokes. That's just all they are. They're fat jokes. And they were having lunch together and he was talking about surgery, like, mm. you know, going to some British doctor, Brit we're back to Britain mm -hmm. again. Um, and talking about basically having your fat cut off of your body, yeah. um, which was a thing back then. And people did it probably still a thing. I don't really know. And I don't care to know. Um, but it was kind of incredible seeing him dealing with the exact same issues that we kind of associate with modern Hollywood, um, and he wasn't even allowed to work in Hollywood, but this is still the judgment that he was getting at the time. And it followed him to his dying day. Like that as an older, in fact, all of the jokes that you see in any kind of modern media, family guy, Simpsons, mm -hmm. it's always eating. It's always him working for food. You know, he oh, did yeah. commercials later in life. It's some the, of which the were peas food. commercial, the frozen the peas. peas commercial keeps coming up. Yeah. And you, you gotta hate that one of the most legendary filmmakers of all time who made probably the most influential masterpiece film of all time is ultimately harried by his weight. And for the last half of his career, that's all that people talked about. Yeah. Um, and so I want to bring it back to his massive, massive talent and his flexibility as a director, but not just a director, as a writer, as an auteur, as an actor. Yeah. Just as, as a conceptual artist, the, the war of the world's radio broadcast yeah. was mm -hmm. absolutely unique at its time. Like that was amazing. He well, caused I, a panic. Well, I love yeah. that you call it conceptual art because it's kind of what it, yeah, yeah, that's the right name for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just absolute legend. And I think it's very humanizing to know that he struggled with the identical issues that we mm -hmm. recognize and mm -hmm. identify today. It hasn't really changed at least in, in terms of how, you know, anti-fat people treat fat people. And it's a shame because he was an absolute legend and still is. And yeah. I really, really respect and admire him. And also I, my, a teaser for our um, mini-sode with uh, Don and Trevor, my first, one of my first D&D characters who was a fat man, the art that I used was a picture of Orson Welles. Oh, okay. So there's a little tie-in to the beginning <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> Well, uh, this is going to be short and sweet, and I'm going to need a little bit of Michael's Star Wars expertise. Okay. Um, so the person I've chosen, unsurprisingly, for everybody in this room, is Greg Grunberg. Oh, shocking surprise. <laughs> um, so if you don't know who Greg Grunberg is, Greg Grunberg is uh, an American film and television actor. You might know him as uh, Eric Weiss in Alias or Matt Parkman in Heroes uh, and then he did a number of the Star Wars roles. Um, he was also in A Star is Born, and he's this really good-looking, chubby actor. He's in anything J.J. Abrams has produced. Yeah. Yeah, J.J. Abrams has him in his stable. So yeah, absolutely. And I wanted, so if you're wondering who he is in Star Wars, in the, in the modern Star Wars, uh, contemporary Star Wars? Disney Star Wars. Disney Star Wars. There you go. Okay. Um, so tell me what you think about this, Michael. Mm -hmm. So he sort of recalls, Luke's buddy Porkins mm. in the uh, in the fight at the Death Star. Yeah, he's in, an X-wing pilot, and he's an X-wing. This is an episode four, the original. Yeah. yeah, the original. Yeah, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. And it's I. I mean, I don't know. Am I wrong to make that association? No, I mean Porkins was he he got blown <laughs> blown out of proportion, so to speak, <laughs> because he's on screen for like a grand total of fifteen seconds. Yeah, he got blown out of the sky like too. Yeah. yeah, he basically is just there to be you know a fat joke and then die. 
because very few of the other pilots get names. Um, a lot of them are just their their uh, red one signal, their call signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he gets Porkins because Porkins is funny because he's fat, and then he dies, and then he dies, and that's basically. And we it. made the joke, isn't that great? So, but I, I think unlike this, I, I was sorry, I was going to say like, well, come on, they couldn't necessarily, they wouldn't necessarily name that way. They're like, no, wait, it's they named Lucas. this squid alien Mon Calamari. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay, you're it's right. Lucas. <laughs> yeah, he's not that clever. <laughs> he's not that clever. Uh, but I'm, but I love this. I don't know. I think of it as a callback to episode four, uh, where, but in this case, so Greg Grunberg is playing this uh, X-wing fighter, and he's fat, and he's in that you know that orange suit, and mm-hmm. nobody's calling him Porkins. Yeah, and he's he's an actual character, and. He gets lines. He gets lines, like he gets and, lines. An, and a name that's not a body descriptor <laughs> or an insult or what a slur. What is the name? Temin Snap Wexley. Oh, that's a cool yeah. name. <laughs> Snap. Snap is his, you know, that's in quotes, his, yeah. his, his AKA. Anyway, but what I love about that is in any role he portrays, it's never about, and I don't know if this is because he wouldn't take it or they don't do it to him, but he's never, it, the character is never just a walking fat joke. Mm-hmm. It's never about, oh, we need a fat actor, we'll get this guy. Well, I, I very much respected him, I Greg Grunberg, and I, I think it might have something to do with his choice of roles because he, he I don't associate him with fat joke roles, mm-hmm. and like, I suspect he's been offered plenty. I don't know, because he never takes them or they never, they never think of him for it. Well, so his brother, yeah. I feel like, is the one who takes a lot of those roles. Oh, I didn't even know like, he had an actor. Yeah, he, he does. Who's also fat and I feel like is very frequently like the, like he's the guy they call, the Grunberg they call when they need a. <laughs> is his name fat Fred German, Porkins Grunberg? Yeah, yeah really. Um, his name was Porkins, really? Yeah. His name was Porkins. It, not, the, it. not the brother, the character in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad Grunberg, who Brad, if okay. I show you a picture. Yes. Oh, he's Greg Grunberg, but fatter. Yeah. You know, a a very fine actor in his own right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's had Greg Grunberg's fame, but again, that could be the handsomeness factor. Yeah, and I mean, Greg Grunberg is sort of the Hollywood fat, right? He's sort of, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. acceptably fat. Well, but you know what's interesting is if you, let's compare him to the other fat lead actor. Let's say uh, Kevin James, King of Queens, Mm. or Jackie Gleason, or John Goodman. Greg Grunberg is so much prettier than mm. any of them. Like he's sure. He he's, is handsome. He's, he's very handsome. He's conventionally handsome. Uh, he's more than handsome. He's yeah, like, he's conventionally handsome. <laughs> anyway, uh, do we have a tip for the week? We do. Oh, We're bringing it what back a shock. To, uh, to, I mean, this isn't really a Patreon thing. This is a podcast thing. Um, we're going to be doing our, uh, zoom self care thing. People are really excited about it. Um, yeah. Why do you say more about self care? So, um, different, fat life things that come up. I'm going to show some skincare products I use. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show, I mean, stuff we've talked about, but I want to like show it and also just kind of talk about how I use different things. And open the door to to listeners and yes. people to participate and share their tips as yes. well. Yes. Or if they're like to talk about like, I'm having this issue, mm-hmm. what do y'all do? And it's sort of more round table. It's not yes. just about us like talking to people. No. Sharing tips, getting tips, mm-hmm. generating tips, because maybe there's yeah. something coming up with someone brings and we, uh, brainstorming. We, yeah. Do we have a time and place for this? It's going to be, I think it's either going to be at the start of October or the end of October just because of our, our schedules, our, our so personal schedules. An idea that we're batting around for the actual time, yes. which we haven't settled on. We want to put it out there just to get some responses for it would be around noon Pacific Standard Time on a Sunday. Yes. And hopefully that would cover, that would run the gamut of availability for people. It would be 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in America. Mm-hmm. Um, if that works, we've gotten a handful of responses all from people on the East Coast. Yes. So if, if people from other parts of the world want to chime in and say whether or not that would work, let us know. Yeah, this mm-hmm. would be 8 or 9 p.m. for Europe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let us know. Uh, that, that seems like a pretty decent time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be sometime in October. We're still locking down specifics, uh, but wanted to want to put it out there because I think it's going to be a really good time. Yeah. Personally, I'm leaning towards earlier October because I think it, you know, on a Sunday, if people have Halloween parties, which yeah. would, this would be around Halloween, it would be Saturday night. Um, and so Sunday morning might not be as doable. Um, yeah. and also earlier in October is sooner to now and I'm excited for it. Yes, me too. And a lot <laughs> of people are. So, uh, thank you for chiming in and letting yes. us know you're excited and your time zone. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to show off things on camera. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you're saying, the, wow. uh, what exactly Trevor. is this happening? Well, I don't know. Da, That's what we call a da, Patreon. Is he going da, to actually da, da, da. be applying the creams on camera? I'm no, that's be... my job. That's my job. <laughs> Dan's like, don't take my work away. This is union. <laughs> no, I'm ex- I don't know. I because well, there was something that I had talked about in um, our Patreon minisode. The chaser union. <laughs> <laughs> I just I sorry. card carrying. Uh, there was some. <laughs> There's something I talked about in the, um, Dan and I's uh, Super Chub Life at Home episode um, that a listener asked for the link to. And oh. it's something that I'm excited to show off on camera because it's fun to see visually. Okay. Well, that's if that's not a tease, then I don't know what <laughs> <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> okay. I'm so teased. Bit time. <laughs> Let's All do right. it. So since we were talking about heroes of factum, I figured <laughs> out I would... of curiosity, did we, we didn't happen to guess any of the ones that you're... Well, keep going. I was like, if we did, we accidentally ruined. He can't, he can't tell you now, anyway. <laughs> True. Um, well, we will see. I guess we'll find uh, out. So we, I have three that are about uh, fat heroes from the past, <laughs> and one that is a a fat hero, a fat person that was a hero to some people. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Um, all right. So the first one we've covered in the past episodes that American President William Taft likely did not get stuck in his bathtub. Um, Although he did have a custom tub installed in the White House. It is true, though, that at 330 pounds, he was most likely our heaviest president to date. Which of the following statements was not true about William Taft? Okay. One, Taft was the last president to keep a cow at the White House to provide fresh milk, and her name was Pauline. Two, Taft was the only known president to have TKO'd another president during a boxing match. Mm. Three, Taft was the first president to throw the first pitch of a baseball season, beginning a tradition that continues until today. Or four, Taft is the only former president to swear in an incoming president. I think pitching the baseball. Pitching the baseball is oh, not true? It's either that or the TKO, because I think that's true, but it might not have been Taft. Oh, it's tricky. What do you think I'm think? being sneaky? What do you guys this think? Is, this, I'm, this is trickiness. I'm thinking the baseball one. Mm, okay. Okay, we got one for baseball. Hmm. I'm going to go for baseball as my first sentence. Got two for baseball. Dan? <laughs> no one's touching that cow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the TKO. I think that that is not true. Okay, one for TKO, TKO and two for uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. And the correct answer is, in fact, uh, TKO. Ding, 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 Damn ding, it. ding, 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 ding. I win. I so win. close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Benjamin Franklin was a renowned inventor and idea man in the early United States, most famously as the discoverer of electricity. In quotation marks, which of the following is he not acknowledged as the creator inventor? Of? One, <laughs> silly putty. <laughs> One, the long arm, which is the the arm extender that uh, Trevor has. Oh, like the grabber. Grabber. Uh, grabber. Grabber. Uh, grabber. <laughs> right. Two, the modern condom. Oh. Three, the Franklin stove, or four, the American political cartoon. Huh. It's I don't think not. he. I don't think he invented the American political cartoon. Ooh. I'm thinking condom or cartoon, but cartoon, I feel like, because there's some like super old political cartoons. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say political cartoon. I'm going to say condom. Condom? Mm-hmm. All right. The correct answer is, in fact, the modern condom. Aha! Oh. Uh, I'm pulling ahead. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin is credited with creating the first American political cartoon. There were British mm. ones previously and French ones that inspired him to make the American one. <laughs> Is that just like he was, he, was on, he was on the other side of 1776, so he gets to... <laughs> <laughs> like there were all these cartoons in America and then the clock struck midnight on 1776. Oh, right. and Those were all British. And, and they're and all British and now this is American. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining like he has a little comic strip where it's like basically Charlie Brown, but it's like little Benji Frank. <laughs> and it's like, he's flying, he's flying a kite. Flying his, his kite. kite and gets yeah. electrocuted into like rats. No, I know. He's flying his kite and calling down lightning on the British army. <laughs> you know that crossed someone's mind at some point. Yeah. All right. Uh, final question. While not a hero in the most common sense of the word, Hilda helped inspire an entire generation of young men and likely a few women to enjoy the larger framed lady. Created by illustrator Dwayne Byers, uh, Hilda was a plus-size pinup girl who is definitely not shy about her plump body. One of the more prolific pinup girls of the time, Hilda was featured in American pinup girl calendars from the 1950s all the way to the 1980s. Throughout her entire run, she featured a trait that endeared her to fans. 
What was that trait? I know Hilda, so I'm wondering if I'm going to get this. All right. Okay. I don't. Uh, so, so Trevor will be answering after everyone else. <laughs> right. One, she sported enormous hairstyles. Two, she was adorably clumsy. Uh, she was adorably clumsy and accident prone. Three, she was one of the few gun-toting mamas of the period. Or four, leather, leather, leather. And we're, so this is, we're looking for the one that is true? That is true. Throughout her entire run, she featured a trait that endeared her to fans. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm going for either gun or leather, because I feel like, I feel like the per, like this sort of typical like man at the time would be into the fat woman who is more like domineering. Okay. I'm going with hairstyle. Okay. Going with big hair? Big hair. Just- I'm going to go with gun. Because gun is also kind of metaphorical. We got big hair and we got big guns. I'm pretty sure it's clumsy because it's not like bumbling, but it's always kind of like, oops, like, oops. And I mean, she does have, I don't like, I don't remember the hair being especially big. And part of me does, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't remember any leather stuff. I kind of feel like maybe there's one where she has a gun. But I don't know if I'm I just can get, I can that. get the clumsy but, but it's as like a, clumsy, like as I a way to express it's a lot of like cutesy, like oops stuff. Yeah. Okay. So we've got one for clumsy, one for guns, and one's for one for hairstyles. And the correct answer is in fact uh, adorably clumsy and accident. Yeah. We need a tiebreaker around for me and Trevor. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I will send over a link to uh, Trevor to share this stuff as one of our links. But this is Hilda. Woo. Yes. Um, and. There's a large number of these. She, oh, uh, boy. They're very cute. They're very on point for the pinup girls of the time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are also definitely a much more voluptuous and fun sensibility than I mm. got from a lot of them. She's getting into all kinds of hijinks. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, there are a lot of these. And like, There's even one up here. This surprised me. There's a picture of her in bed with the sheets up around her. It's not especially mm-hmm. sexy, but enjoying some crackers in bed. Yeah. I think a lot of ladies with like tummy trouble appreciate the representation of eating cra- like saltines in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to share some 50s pinup shots of yourself, where could you do it, Trevor? <laughs> well, it's Yawn and Stretch. Big Stretch. We're on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Our Facebook is Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. I challenge you to leave us a review right now. <laughs> yeah. Go do it. Go do it. Okay. Support us on Patreon if you're not already subscribing, or don't. I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> See the articles we Do talked it. about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Well, maybe you are uh, you're eating some crackers in bed as you're listening to this. Hmm. Your nighttime crackers, your you know your tummy's a little rumbly. Working just, on my night teas. <laughs> <laughs> and you just got a little a little smirk on your face and you're pulling up the sheets over your boobs <laughs> crackers resting on your your bosom <laughs> and you're drifting off to sleep so oh, no. watch out <laughs>